Hi, my name's Tuha, and I'm the host of We Make It Work. And in this podcast series, I'm chatting with fellow freelancers who work flexibly and make it work. And for this week, I've got Leanne Butcher and her dog Stan. And uh, I'd like to welcome you. I'll let you introduce yourself, Leanne. Hi, Leanne. Morning, Tua. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you. And I'm, I'm excited about having this chat with you. Oh, good. Yep, so am I. Um, so you're my first guest, so um, yes, so I'm a bit nervous. <laughs> I feel a little bit nervous for some reason and also honoured, so thank you for having me as your first guest. Oh, well, no, thank you for for your time and being my guest. All right, cool. So do you want to start off and tell um, the listeners a bit about yourself? Okay, so... When Tua sent me sort of an overview of the areas we were going to discuss, it was a really nice opportunity to just take a moment of reflection, actually, and look at where you are and, and how you've arrived there. We don't often take that time, do we, to, to just sort of have, have a look back at things in, in a period of calm. So what I did realise, and, and I really don't want this to sound like some kind of sob story, but what I realised when I looked at my working career is that I'd ended up being on a really sort of aggressive, driven um, career ladder without even realising it. I'd lost complete sight of what had driven me to pursue a, a career in the first place. And and actually, I, when I was sort of 18, 19, I'd had really quite an abusive, physically and mentally, boyfriend that I lived with. And the day I moved out of his house, I'd promised myself that I'd never allow myself to be so completely financially dependent on another person because, sadly, I'm sure some other women can resonate with this, finances were one way that he used to control me. So it really then drove me on to pursue my career. And during the pursuit of my career I went back to night school and did my Chartered Institute of Marketing qualifications which is where I I then became friends with Tuva and I did go on to have a really fulfilling career however it was at the expense of of having a healthy work-life balance I would say so it's just interesting to look back and, and see how that happened and it was only then when I as part of my career I got sent by the oil and gas company that I worked for out to the Middle East, where I worked for over sort of six years and started to do some humanitarian work in my spare time. And it was only at that point that I suddenly realised how much I'd lost sight of my original values. That's brilliant. I'm really sorry that you had that experience so young because... Up until today, I didn't even know that about yourself. We've known each other for years. Um, but if it helps, like, I think today you're a very strong woman um, and you wouldn't have any idea. But what I thought, um, I I would say that we have same similar experiences is that there is that career ladder that you seem to get on and you do lose sight of why you're doing it and what you're doing it for so yeah I'm really interested to hear more about um your experience in your humanitarian work oh thank you Tua yeah the humanitarian work wasn't completely altruistic um 
Although having said that, I first did some volunteering here in the UK before I moved overseas. My um, old housemate and I went off to do the crisis in Christmas, crisis at Christmas soup kitchens together. And I wanted to do something, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I wanted to do something completely selfless for other people just, you know, once over Christmas. So if you're ever going to do it, that's a good time to do it, isn't it? The spirit of Christmas. But actually, I was taken aback at how much I enjoyed it. I almost felt guilty because we'd enjoyed it so much. We had such a great experience. We met other like-minded people, had some really good conversations with um, the, the beneficiaries at the soup kitchens. It was just a really amazing amazing experience and, and I can't recommend it enough so that was in the back of my mind because I'd if I'd stayed in the UK I would have wanted to have got more involved in that then I got posted off overseas and it was only because I happened to be in Iraq well the northern part of Iraq Kurdistan as the Islamic State uprising began and therefore all of the refugees flooding across the border into the Kurdistan region where I was based because that was relatively safe compared to other parts of Iraq under Islamic State Caliphate, that then I had an opportunity again, a, a very obvious opportunity to help get involved with some charity work. I, one of my good friends over in Kurdistan ran a small local charity over there. So I just tried to get involved with them on a on a, on a small sort of level just helping them with a little bit of fundraising we did a few fundraising parties for them went out to the camps to see some of the amazing work they were doing they had really low budgets but really high impact work that they were doing so I just really enjoyed helping them on a part-time basis just voluntary basis and then the reason I say it wasn't completely altruistic is that through my work in the oil and gas industry I became exposed to sort of the idea of corporate social responsibility in the oil and gas field and it was an area of business that I was actually really interested in to be able to take your business operations and maximize the positive impact you're having on your local communities to me just seemed like a no-brainer so by getting that experience out in the field working with um, local communities from an NGO perspective was really good for my um, CV in terms of experience of working with communities which would be vital for getting a role in corporate social responsibility. My goodness, that's amazing. Because like you hear about people going out there and doing charity work, but you don't actually hear what they actually do. But it's lovely to get a bit of insight there. So was there like a light bulb moment then when because you spoke about um, going up this career ladder and then um, you forgotten what you were doing it for? Was there a light bulb moment where you thought, oh, hang on, this is why I'm doing this is what I really need to be doing in the future? Um, certainly, I wouldn't say it was necessarily a light bulb moment. I've had those about other things probably over <laughs> the past, but this wasn't so much as a light bulb moment as like certainly there's certain things that move you aren't there and like the first time you ever see a refugee camp and, and this was small by some standards apparently, but that's quite a moving, humbling um, experience to just see the swathe of tents with people with nothing but the clothes on their back they arrived with and hearing their stories. It does 
reset help to reset any values let alone ones that that you'd um lost sight of quite a long time ago so mm. it, it just made me more determined that when I moved back to the UK which I, I now have done that I wanted to not only find some work that pays the bills because obviously we, we've all got to to achieve that but then also to find some work that's also meaningful to me on, on some level. Oh, so whereabouts do you think then that you're on this meaningful like journey meaningful work? Oh, well so also when I was so I think this time for me in Kurdistan was really quite um, sort of a rite of passage almost because I ended up, I'd done little bits of yoga in the past here and there, and it never really resonated with me, to be honest. I was more of a a gym goer and a little bit of running here and there, that type of thing, um, playing with martial arts. And it was only out there that I'd actually joined this little um, dance club purely because I wanted to do... um, the the belly dancing actually they had classes in belly dancing but the only way you could join this club you had to have a full membership which meant you could use any of the classes so I thought well if I'm gonna have to if I'm paying to use all the classes I might as well actually use them and so I ended up going to the yoga classes too and at the time when my life was most out of balance it was a really male-dominated environment it was very work hard play hard out nearly every night of the week working all day no real home like I I worked and lived in the same place so no healthy food it was just really out of balance my life and then I started going to these yoga classes and all of a sudden something just clicked and it really resonated with me the yoga so when I moved back to the UK I went off and um, did my yoga instructor course and so by now I have gone back into the oil and gas industry part-time to my old company just as a part-time associate but I'm also trying to build up a small yoga business on the side and I really love how that whilst I'm making money out of it I do feel like it's actually helping people be it with um, sort of physical and or emotional challenges they might have so that's quite rewarding. Oh, wow, that's amazing. You've done some amazing stuff like I've seen on your Facebook page where you're doing paddle boarding, yoga and paddle boarding. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Stan joins you. He does, he does. And that's so much fun. I mean, that just combines several of my favourite things right there. I About six months ago, I got Stan, my sort of kind of rescue dog. Uh, he, 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 he was pre-loved from a home that didn't want him anymore. He's fabulous. He comes out on the paddleboard with me. And yeah, I went, because I enjoy paddleboarding so much, find it so tranquil and relaxing, I, I went off and did my paddleboard yoga instructor course too. So that's a lot of fun. That's amazing. So you've gone from belly, bar, uh, belly dancing all the way to yoga on paddleboard <laughs> with their life. and <laughs> long may it continue yeah brilliant well I'm looking forward to what's next in your your yoga journey as such so um you work part-time then uh, for your old company um in the um the oil industry uh-huh. so then um uh, and then you're trying to build up your yoga business and uh on that on the side so what's what are your main challenges like how do you fit it all in I think the main challenges 
for me is that they're two quite diverse businesses. Um, so that's a challenge in itself because when I've got my head in trying to set up my yoga business, it is completely different for what I'm doing for my company in the oil and gas industry. So it's a, it's a, and then there's also some other things I'm investigating, sort of trying to get into on the side. So it's having to be able to compartmentalize those different, um, let's say business interests and keep those different plates spinning. Invariably, I end up being more focused on one than the other at any time. So it's keeping those different plates um, spinning. And then also another challenge, because my work for the oil and gas industry is primarily based from home, is making sure I just go into meetings once or twice a month on, on average. It's just staying motivated and engaged and engaged with your colleagues, keeping your networks up to date. When you're work, working remotely, you, that you have to actually put some effort into that, don't you? It's not like you're just in, yeah. in the main central um, office kitchen and you can just have a quick catch up with someone over a cup of tea. You actually have to go out of your way to keep connected with people. Yeah. And there's lots of ways of doing that as well. So what's um, what are the latest techniques you've been using then to make sure you're you're keeping connected as it were um i mean there I, I wouldn't say there are any special techniques per se it's just making sure that i even if i don't really need to go into the office once or twice a month making sure that on the whole i do sometimes it's easy to get in the habit of just sending emails isn't it so making sure every so often i actually just pick, pick up the phone and speak to someone i, I find that's um important it's obvious but just reminding ourselves to do that um yeah and and that's it really actually too I can't think of anything else I'm doing in particular oh no I think um the whole picking up the phone thing is a very good thing so I'm actually one of the things you do that I love is um you record your voice you leave voice messages on whatsapp and you are the first person who's ever done that to me like whenever you communicate to me you just leave me a little like uh, how are you message um which I love and then um it took me a while but after a while I realized actually this is quicker to communicate what I need to get across in the right tone um than typing it out so I started doing it to my other friends and they're their reactions always they either reply back with an audio and they reply back with oh I've never had an audio message before this is brilliant <laughs> or like oh this is oh I love hearing your voice it's lovely to hear from you and um yeah so because people have done that I've I've been using voice messages more and more and that's thanks to you Leanne <laughs> you, <laughs> you started that so yes I, I agree with you that's really really important so um along the lines of advice then is there any other any other advice that you'd like to share with the community um what advice would I give I yeah I'd certainly say that if you're looking at some kind of career change and you need to reskill, because it's that old catch-22, isn't it? Like, if you want to move into a new area, like I wanted to move into corporate social responsibility as my next step on the career ladder, but I didn't have any experience. And when I spoke to a few sort of senior managers in the oil and gas industry, they were like, well, you know, you need experience. So I thought, well, how can I go about getting that experience 
on my CV. And so it, it was obvious for me that volunteering in the humanitarian sector and then going out and getting some courses under my belt in that area as well. And there's some fabulous courses you can do online, isn't there, for free mm. or for a minimal amount through the edX platform, for example. Um, but to, to really boost your CV and show that you're committed to, to improving yourself in that area. So plus as well by the networks of new people that you meet through volunteering. So I can't endorse volunteering enough as a brilliant way to improve your CV, your networks, and actually just to have that little feel good factor and put that spring in your step. Yeah. And, and this, some people find it quite difficult because if you're in a corporate job, um, you think, oh, how do I find the time? But um, some corporations actually allow for charity days where you, you, you're allowed one day a year. Um, in my last job, um, that's what we had, that we could do charity work. Um, but, you know, if if you think it's a good way to change your career, it's probably worth taking some paid leave, one day of paid leave. Because do you think one day is enough? And it... <laughs> Anything is good to be able to talk about um, and, and give you some insights and experience and to, and to actually help you know, because if it's a completely new area to you as well, to actually help you know if, if, if it is actually what you think it is and to help refine within that area what you want to do. But it doesn't even have to be during the daytime, for example. There's loads of like small, because it doesn't have to be like, volunteering for the RSPCA or Save the Children or a massive big organisation like that. There's loads of small, let's call them grassroots level local community charitable organisations. I don't know, like scouts and guides. I mean, obviously there you've got the the considerations of being cleared to work with children and stuff that would all take time. Mm. But do you see what I mean? There's loads of organizations in your local community where it might be like that they're looking for a treasurer to help what, what whatever your skills are it could be that they're looking for a treasurer to help manage their charitable accounts you could do that on a voluntary basis if you've got those sorts of skills but want to move into the voluntary charity sector or you could help with fundraising or you could help one evening a week with running a club it doesn't have to necessarily be nine to five Monday to Friday no and I completely agree with you I think um it I think one something you've mentioned it's about whether it's a local community or a community of some kind it's important to um to to be involved and and actually get oh I'm getting stuck in I can't get my words out um (laughs) But also, I think if anybody wants some more inspiration, um, Amazing If do a brilliant podcast called Squiggly Careers, and they interviewed, I can't remember what the lady's called, but she wrote um, The Radical Sabbatical, and they did an interview with her, and she talks about how in one year she uh, did 12 different jobs, and some of that was volunteering. Um, And I remember on that podcast they talked about ideas of how you could do some voluntary work around alongside um, your corporate job or whatever you're doing at the moment. That's so, yeah. fantastic. Uh, I, I haven't actually heard that myself. I'm going to look that up later. Thank you. Yeah. And, and then I'll, perhaps I'll provide a link. Ah, I'll perfect. be writing a blog post on all this. So yeah. yeah. So I'll provide a link. 
yeah, another piece of advice I, I would give is to recognise an opportunity because what might seem like something that's just going to add extra workload to your day. So as an example, quite a few, uh, 10 years ago now, I was asked by a couple of people that I'd met through my um, Iraq network to be the treasurer for the Friends of Basra Museum, a new um, charitable organisation they were founding. And initially I thought, oh gosh, I don't, I don't know enough about that. It's extra work, blah, blah, blah. And in the end, I went for it. And I'm so glad I did because it broadened my network. I've, I learned and understood new things about the, the charitable sector, how NGOs work. And it's just been a really fabulous, rewarding experience, but it was recognising it as an opportunity and growing myself and my career potential. So it's not completely altruistic. You definitely get something back because lots of people have said to me over the years, oh, you're really lucky. This has happened. That's happened. But it's it's that old thing of, well, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Some of it is, is fate, I would say, but also you've got to create opportunities. Um, so yeah, certainly recognizing an opportunity would be another piece of advice I would give to people. Yeah, I definitely agree. I just think I'm super lucky to have met you because we started our freelancing journey, as it were, our flexible working journey last year, pretty much at the same time, weren't we? And I think we we ended up buddying up, didn't we? So we caught up with each other quite regularly. Yeah. Um, and we helped each other along to start up. Uh, and I'm definitely having fun and I know you're enjoy you're really enjoying it. Um, but I don't think I would have got as far if if I hadn't been on that journey with you. So um I'm I feel super lucky um that that we look we were friends and like we were at the same stage in our lives as it were. Oh, so, I yeah. feel really lucky too and I guess then perhaps that should be our last parting piece of advice is to, to sort of if you are considering going down this route it's really important to have a supportive network around you be that I mean to you and I meet up as often as we can don't we but as, yeah. as we sort of said earlier it's um, sending emails of interesting relevant links that we find to each other, sending little WhatsApp audio messages and text messages wh whenever we can. So, yeah, it's really important to have a supportive network around you. Yeah, and, uh, definitely. Thank you for all uh, of your support to us. And that was the lovely Leanne, who talked about how she rediscovered her work values while volunteering in Kurdistan, how the war affected the people who lived there, and how she came to incorporate yoga in her working life. She also spoke about the challenge of working in two different industries, the oil and gas, and uh, combining her working week with yoga. She also spoke about the importance of keeping connected to clients, colleagues, especially when you're working remotely, and ensuring that you do make that effort to communicate. We also talked about how um, one of the ways of changing careers or moving on to a completely different industry is volunteering. The key thing I took away from this chat is being open to opportunities, because you never know, you may find new passions. If you want to reach out to Leanne, I'll provide links to um, to her in our company blog. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a review. I can't emphasize how important it is to help me grow our audience. In our next episode, I'll be talking to Caroline in Sydney, who's juggling life as a HR consultant and building a skincare beauty alongside. So if you want to listen to that, please make sure you subscribe. I've been Tuha and I work at Digital Seamstress. I help marketing directors with interim digital marketing support. So my key skills of um in that area are digital strategy, performance, growth marketing, um, PPC, web analytics, display and paid social. If you want to contact me, please email me at podcast at digitalseamstress.co.uk or use our Instagram handle at we make it work underscore. So that's at we make it work underscore. I would love to hear what you think, um, what you thought of the guests, um, anything. I'd love to get any feedback that you may have. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.